Good afternoon, fellow patriots. This is Matt Shea, and welcome to Patriot Radio, broadcasting live from deep inside the heart of the future Liberty State. Brought to you once again by On Fire Ministries. In the legacy of Dr. Stan Monteith, bringing you the story behind the story and the news behind the news, where it's not about right or left, it's about right and wrong. It's about our hope not being in man, but in Jesus Christ. About not ending in prayer, but moving to action. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Father, deliver us from the evil one. Welcome to Patriot Radio. Now, between Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin, we also have some of the economic numbers coming in, which do not bode well for the future. And we have a great guest today on preparedness Wonderful, Shelby Gallagher. And if you have not read A Great State, we are literally seeing that happen. We're 25 states back, Texas. She actually wrote about it in her book, A Great State. We're going to be talking with her a little bit later. On Patriot Radio, we bring the news faster and more accurately than the mainstream outlets and the larger networks. And our heart is for you to be prepared and your families to be prepared and informed for the times that are ahead. In fact, and indeed, the times that are already upon us. No fear. We were made for this. And that brings us now to your Bible teaching for today. We're going to turn in our Bibles to Matthew 28. And I want to talk about this, what is known as the Great Commission, but what really is a call for reformation. If you're talking about revival, we're really talking about Mark chapter 16. If you're talking about the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verse 18, you're really talking about Reformation, and I'm going to explain why here in a second. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, And all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." This very clear passage is really the function of the ecclesia versus the oikos. I'm going to explain those Greek terms here in a second. When we're talking about oikos, we're talking about the family, we're talking about revival, we need to preach the gospel of the kingdom, we need to heal the sick, uh, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Those are the things at the, the individual level that are, that are bringing revival. It's, it's centered around salvation. But that's not the whole gospel. The whole gospel is the gospel of the kingdom. In other words, in Genesis 1, it says be fruitful and multiply, but it also says then take dominion. So the be fruitful and multiply create the family of the kingdom. Be intentional about salvation. All of those things, that's on the revival front. And you can't have revival without reformation. You have to have both. If you have revival without reformation, nothing, at least in the structural sense, ever really changes. If you have reformation without revival, well, things won't change for very long. 
You have to have both. And so it starts with revival, this individual level, this family level. And then it moves to reformation or taking dominion. Where it, the scripture again, very clear. And, and by the way, all of the early church fathers saw this. I, there's a lot of people who get, ah, I, you, you, you have fallen victim or fallen prey to theology that changed after the third century. This is consistent. And we are supposed to take dominion. In other words, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to follow what Jesus has commanded. This is now where salvation is centered around the spirit coming into alignment with Jesus and in the possession of Jesus. We're talking now about the soul or the mindset, the emotions, the will, all of those things coming into alignment with Jesus so that it transforms the society and God's kingdom expands on the earth. Taking dominion is a clear mandate from Genesis 1 all the way through the New Testament. And today, uh, I don't know why it is, but we just got back from Kenya and, and around the world people understand this, that when we're baptizing people and then we're commissioning them, sending them out, maybe they work in the business sphere, maybe they work in the education sphere, maybe they work in the media sphere, it doesn't matter. But they go into those spheres and they bring the light of Jesus Christ into that sphere so that that sphere then transforms and comes into alignment with the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going to be talking quite a bit about the kingdom of God this year, and I'm going to get very specific about what that means and what it is. Now, you have a, a group of Christians who lie about other Christians consistently, constantly, actually, um, and try to turn the kingdom of God into something uh, nefarious. You can try to do that all you want. The scripture's clear hundreds of times. The gospel of the kingdom is what is talked about, the kingdom of heaven. And Matthew 13 is a great place to start to learn about the kingdom of God. Um, Luke 17 is another great place. But essentially what is being missed here is, is that God wants to redeem not just humanity and not just our spirits and not just our souls, through sanctification, and not just our bodies through glorification, our spirits are salvation. But he also wants to redeem all of creation. The, the Edenic vision, the, the, the vision God had in the Garden of Eden is what he wants to restore. And, and if you think about it, if he doesn't do that, then he's not God. So he wants that original vision restored. So he wants to redeem all of creation and, and listen to this, all the systems of creation. So the kingdom of God is a system, and it's competing with the world system. That's why they're trying to have one world government, one world religion, one world economy, because they're trying to compete with the system of the kingdom of God. Obviously, they're going to lose. But the kingdom of God is, is meant to invade all of these systems in the world. And the kingdom of God will reign in education. It will reign in government. It will reign in business. It will reign in media. It will reign in arts and entertainment. Because God wants to redeem every part of the world. 
systems and creation. In fact, all creation groans that the sons and daughters of the living God would actually realize who they are. So, this is bigger than just Oikos the family. This is the ecclesia or the, the church acting in government. Now, I want to I just define this term because the church acting in the, as the ecclesia means it's acting as the kingdom government on this earth. That doesn't mean the kingdom of God is the church. A lot of people make that, that logical fallacy and aren't paying attention, aren't listening. The kingdom of God is the answer. The church brings the kingdom of God. It is not the kingdom of God. Okay, the kingdom of God is inside us. It's active. It's moving around. It is something separate. But the church acting as the ecclesia, the, the governing structure that brings the kingdom of God, that releases it here on earth, it's an important concept to understand. And in fact, when Jesus Christ said upon this rock, I will build my church, he actually said, I will build my ecclesia and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And what he was talking about is this release of the kingdom of God on the earth. And we're going to get into this uh, because this shatters all of the garbage, uh, you know, from the left that unfortunately people from the right not, not being circumspect in their intellect and circumspect in their, in their research um, have, have fallen prey to these narrative attacks from the left, like the, the narrative attack regarding the apostolic, for example. And so as we push into this this year, 2024 is the year of Reformation and Revival. And I actually talked about this here a couple months ago at the church. Now we're seeing prophetic words coming out about this that are confirming that this is the year 2024 of Reformation. All right. And that brings us now to some of the videos that we have. And I, I really, I love the good versus evil segment that we do. So the, the first video that we're going to talk about, the good versus evil segment, uh, guy saves a little girl. I, I want, I hope this emboldens you. Don't be the person just standing around and watching something happen. Be the person that actually acts in the moment to, to save lives and stand between great people and evil people. As we see this, boom, almost hits the post. Guy saves her life, I think. That would have been a catastrophic accident right there. If you can't see the, the, the video, I'm just going to describe it to you. This bicycle came directly at a, a post. Guy just saved her life. And that's what it means to be a good American, an American that believes in freedom and liberty. We also have to believe in helping other people. And that's why I think this is the time where we, we continue this refrain of let valiant men and women arise for such a time as this. That also brings us to something that I would really appreciate all of you do. Um, if you could take a moment and like 
share, comment, subscribe to us on Rumble, follow us on Telegram. It would be just amazing. This helps us get around the algorithms and it helps get the word out about what actually is happening in the world. And as you know, here on Patriot Radio, we've been accurate for years. And so this is an important uh, piece of help that you can do to help spread the word in the movement about the truth and also what to do about it. And that brings us next to the good versus evil segment. Uh, you know, I've, I've actually heard about these kind of stories before and this, and actually I'm going to, I'm sorry, the, the Jesus glorifying segment, this, um, it, with soldiers happens more frequently than you would guess. I, I've had these stories where guys put a Bible in their breast pocket and a bullet hits the Bible and it saves their lives. There's multiple stories like that, or they had a tin or something in there, but the bullet hits it. This case is even more dramatic, where Jesus saves a boy from a stray bullet. Algo fuerte en el pecho. Y mi hermana empezó a pedir ayuda. So he's describing right now how a bullet, a stray bullet came and it hit his cross. He's now showing a picture of that cross. Hit the cross that he was wearing on his neck. And it saved his life. The bullet literally hit right dead center of the cross. And Jesus Christ saved this boy's life. I love it because it's the cross that took the bullet for this little boy. Amen. Wow. What an amazing story that is. Uh, anyway, we're going to have more videos like this coming up. And... I hope, too, that these kind of videos are edifying, and if they are, again, like, like and share, and, and just let us know um, if you could uh, also put in there maybe suggestions of guests. That would be very helpful for us, and I think helpful for everybody else, because you're not the only one thinking that, of having that guest on the show. All right, now... That brings us next to the lighthearted video today. And I really love this as well. The, I heard about something called the Year of the Mouse. This was 1932 to 1933. Joseph Stalin, um, it's called Holodomor. Uh, Joseph Stalin locked all the grain of Ukraine into storehouses. And by the way, they knew who the Ukrainians were then um, by ethnicity. And so... They locked the, the grain in the storehouses, put armed guards in front of them. Uh, hundreds of thousands, millions of Ukrainians starved to death that year. But Christians relayed the story, what's called the year of the mouse. And mice came and they gathered the grain gleanings together in little mounds and covered them with dirt. And as they covered them with dirt, Christians figured out what these little mounds were all over the fields and they ate that grain that year, and God provided, even the most horrible circumstances, provided grain for those Christians that year, and they called it the year of the mouse. Well, there's a little bit similar story where a man has an experience with a mouse that, well, can't really be explained. This guy was coming into his shop every morning, and his shop was cleaned up, even though there was broken glass and some other things around 
as part of his work, he, this was happening. And so it was being organized into little piles. Well, there it is, the camera footage of the mouse coming into this guy's shop and help cleaning it up. That's pretty amazing. All creation. Wow. All right, that brings us now to your daily intelligence briefing coming to us from the globalist front. Technocracy News, peer-reviewed study. I'm reading from the headline in the study, mRNA shots killed 14 times more people than were saved, according to this peer-reviewed study. Does that make you mad? There were 230 plus million Americans or 70% of our populations who were fully vaccinated. Globally, 5.55 billion people. 72.3% of the entire globe. And now they're coming out with a peer-reviewed study that says, uh-oh, perhaps the risks outweigh the benefits. Yikes. And that brings us now to the China front, coming to us from Indo-Pak News. A U.S. engineer connect, uh, contacted China before stealing missile tracking tech, the DOG says. Federal prosecutors charged an engineer who worked at Los Angeles area company with stealing trade secret technologies developed for use by the U.S. government in space to detect nuclear missile launches and track ballistic and hypersonic missiles. Look, I mean, this is on the heels of the Netherlands having their military hacked. I mean, just by China. It's happening all over the place. The question really is, where is the U.S. counterintelligence apparatus? Because there's more than this going on. There should be more of these cases being prosecuted than are currently coming forward. And that brings us now to the Knightsbridge research article. Regarding North Korea, North Korea cancels economic agreements with South Korea. North Korea has voted to cancel all economic agreements with South Korea. And this comes on the heels of North Korea saying that they no longer are seeking reunification. And, it, and they demolished the famous arch of re, reunification as well. I'm just telling you what this looks like. It looks like they're preparing for war. And that brings us next to the Kobisi letter. China is battling deflation right now. China's CPI just fell by 0.8%, with prices suffering their biggest drop since the global recession of 2009. Price pork plunged by 70%. Vegetable prices slid nearly 12%. The economic slowdown in China continues. This is one more indicator that China will invade Taiwan earlier, sooner rather than later. And the reason is because they cannot let an economic implosion in any way jeopardize their power, the CCP. Communists will never let that happen. They'll go to war before that happens to preserve their power. That brings us next to Indo-Pak News. Taiwanese chip giant TSMC has announced plans for a second fab, uh, fabrication plant in Japan, investigating, I'm sorry, investing $7.4 billion dollars is scheduled to come online sometime uh, at the end of 2027. It's just another indicator, too, 
that chip manufacturers are hedging their bets. And just in case, creating chip plants in other countries. All right, that brings us next to the Middle East front. <coughs> and coming to us from OSINT, Defender, all bridges and roads into the international green zone in Baghdad, Iraq, have reportedly been closed by Iraqi security forces with a significant deployment of special forces underway. That also comes on a very, there was a breaking news thing that just came out right before the show. Air raid sirens and air defenses reported active around the U.S. Embassy compound within the International Green Zone in Baghdad, Iraq. Why is all of this all of a sudden spinning up there? That is because the United States killed two Hezbollah commanders in Baghdad yesterday. And they accused these guys of being the ones that actually plotted the strike that killed three U.S. soldiers. Again, this is already a regional war. That's what's happening. We're likely to see this continue here into the near future. That brings us to the Russia front. A lot happening on the Russia front right now. Coming to us from Jason J. Smart. Poland scrambles three F-16s to intercept a Russian missile nearing their border with Ukraine. We talked about this. They had a no-tam put up in eastern Poland, right on the border with Ukraine, and it's going to last until May. And essentially, this is now a flashpoint. So they came, this Russian missile came within 50 miles of Poland. We need to really watch this area. This could ignite World War III, at least in Europe. And that brings us now to Visegrad 24. Uh, some significant reshuffling in the Ukrainian military. Alexander Sirsky, the commander of Ukraine's land forces and the person who was in charge of Kiev's defense in 2022, has been appointed the new commander-in-chief of Ukraine's armed forces. Uh, General Zazuni is out, although very popular and a very brilliant strategist. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him here in the coming days. And that brings us now to South America. And uh, we're going to have a, 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 just a continued push in South America here. And we're going to have that as part of the briefing coming up because there's just too much going on there that it affects the United States. Everybody needs to know about it. So we've added that piece to the briefing. Brazil's Supreme Court today ordered a massive police raid against former President Jair Bolsonaro and 45 of his closest allies. All their passports were seized and they're accused of having planned a coup to overturn the 2022 election. That sounds familiar. Hmm. That's weird. It's like the leftists all around the world are plotting together. I wonder if they talk, huh? I wonder if anybody's tried to get a hold of those communications. Just a thought. That brings us to Knightsbridge Research and an update on the Panama Canal. Panama Canal Authority has decided not to reduce the number of transits through the canal and will reevaluate the situation in April. The problem is there has been a drought down there and they were reducing the number of ships going through the Panama Canal. So 
44 vessels per day are currently allowed, and they're going to keep that at that level. If they reduce it below that, they're losing so much money, as well as it jamming up shipping on a second canal. So Suez Canal has seen a massive reduction in ships now going around the Horn of Africa because of what the Houthis are doing in the Red Sea. And now you've got this choke point of the Panama Canal also having problems. This translates into very likely traumatic increases in the cost of shipping around the world. And you're probably going to see the, the results of this. In other words, the, the price increases start hitting uh, here in the next about 60 to 90 days. So keep that in mind as you're buying things right now that imported goods are going to increase in price here coming up very shortly. And that brings us to the national front. <clears throat> coming to us from the Western Journal, special counsel report states Biden is in, quote, elderly man with a poor memory, end quote, dealing massive blow to Democrats live on CNN. Well, that's kind of a humorous thing, but also not humorous at the same time. Everywhere around the world, they realize that our commander in chief is not operating at full capacity and probably at one of the most chaotic times in recent history. Uh, this, again, I think boosts the chances for Donald Trump. But also, it, it means that we could likely see after Super Tuesday, sometime between then and May 1st or so, Biden actually drop out of the race. And the Democrats try to come up with some kind of a contender. Mark this episode and remember that was said. All right, that brings us next to Zero Hedge. The only, this only happened... Once before August 8th, 18, or 1929, why Wall Street is suddenly freaking out about the market's collapsing internals. This uh, article by Zero Hedge, just, it's like the second or third one I've seen on this. Various indicators that bring us back to August 8th, 1929. What happened later that year in September? Well, that was the great stock market crash. So... Not saying that's going to happen, but I am saying that there is a huge issue in the commercial real estate market here in the United States of America. And the market, the commercial real estate market, makes up a significant portion of regional banks. And so we're going to see regional banks being hit hard here coming up in the next 90 to 120 days as a commercial real estate market continues to crash. This is also happening in Europe. So that is another indicator of economic downturn here in the next few months. Which brings us to the Kobisi letter, New York Community Bank stock, the bank that acquired the collapsed signature bank, crashed another 25%. I think that was yesterday. Stock is now down a massive 61% in 2024 to its lowest level since June 2000. So this is one example of a regional bank taking huge hits right now. And 
we're probably going to see a lot of these regional banks that are on the edge fail and more consolidation happen as well. That brings us next to Gateway Pundit. Now, I love this. The great Clarence Thomas blows up Colorado lawyers' argument for kicking Trump off the ballot. Um, this is an interesting thing. Thomas got the opportunity to question this lawyer. And when he asked for a few specific examples of states disqualifying national candidates, this lawyer couldn't provide one example. And then he finally admitted he didn't have an example. And it looks like now, according to Epoch Times, the Supreme Court is poised to back Trump in this ballot case. So I'd probably expect a ruling here fairly soon. We'll see. That brings us next to World Net Daily. Judge throws out case after trans woman demanded refrigerated um, man parts back from ex-boyfriend. This stuff's getting out of hand. This is disgusting. Can't even believe that's an article. Travis, thanks for not showing that headline. I appreciate that. And that brings us next to Lance Wall now. Our friend Sean Foyt was the subject of a hit piece from Kate Burns. Foyt's kingdom, how a singing hate preacher wants to push Christian nationalism on America. Well, These atheist Marxists, they absolutely hate American nationalists. They hate Christians who love this country. Now, nationalism is not a bad thing. In fact, the Communist Manifesto specifically wants to come against nationalism because nationalism prevents communists from taking over countries. If you understand who you are, where you came from, you're not going to allow anybody to take over the country. That's why they go after the history in the schools. That's why they don't teach civics in schools anymore, or very limited civics in schools anymore. So now Lance Walner asked this question, and I think it's a good question to ask. Does Kate Burns hate all or just some Christian, Jewish, Muslim, and Hindu American nationalists? That's a great question because it's not just about Sean Foyt. It's about everybody that loves this country and everybody who really is a true Patriot. And that brings us next to John Guandolo back up on Twitter after a long hiatus. And this is one of the first things he posts. I love this. Good night, America. Sleeping soundly knowing that your FBI uses your tax dollars to recruit terrorists from one of the leading Hamas Muslim Brotherhood organizations in America to join its ranks. Wow. Take a look at that. The FBI actually recruited in ISNA's monthly magazine, Horizons. That's interesting. Wow. And that is the briefing with one exception. Kathy McMorris Rogers, and this is on the local front, has announced that she is not running for re-election for Congress. And I'm sure there is going to be a mad scramble regarding that. And it's interesting, her statement, very classy, coming out. But it's interesting, it's not just her, it's just happening all over the country. Democrats in strong districts are also not running for re-election. It's almost like there's something coming that maybe 
people don't want to be a part of. I don't know. But we bless Kathy McMorris Rogers. We just thank her for her service for all these years. And I would just say to everybody out there as well, we need to be praying right now for good leaders to be stepping into these positions as we come into one of the most tumultuous times in American history. And also on the local front, coming up April 25th, right here, General Michael Flynn going to be screening his documentary. And coming up also, we are going to have a training. More to follow next week on this. A training on human trafficking. You're not going to want to miss this. It's going to be right on the heels, 26th, 27th of April. So look forward to seeing you all here. I will get more information up as we, we get it. And uh, tickets are going to go on sale here soon as well. All right. Remember, the antidote to dependency and socialism is to be a God-fearing, self-reliant, freedom-loving American. And thank you to everybody that has been praying for us and blessing us. We just are so thankful for you liking, sharing, commenting. We love you. And it's going to take all of us together to restore this great constitutional republic. And that brings us now to our guest, Shelby Gallagher-Tate. So funny, I love it. Author of A Great State, but also Food Preps 2.0, a guide to the food element of your preparedness and survival plan. I've wanted to talk about this here for a while. Shelby, it is great to have you back on Patriot Radio. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. It's so good to see you. I was just thinking a moment ago, the last time I saw you, and that was not, that was a very stressful time. So it's good to be back with you. <laughs> it's great to yeah. be back with you as well. I got to tell you something. I, I just want to jump just a little bit off for a second. The great state, a great state is literally happening. When I saw Texas and then 25 states, I was like, there it is. That's the book. So comment on oh that gosh, if you could. You, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's a little bit frightening when you see something that you imagined in your head and you and you wrote it in fiction form to kind of happen in front of you. But so for listeners in, who are listening and watching right now, my book series, A Great State, talks about this fracturing of the United States, how states start splitting down political lines. And when you look at the cover of my books, I have these jagged lines. And the last in this series, like the map is torn in half of the United States. And with some of these actions, rightfully so, that many of these attorney generals are taking to stand up against the Biden administration, it can be argued these attorney generals that are acting in, in uh, concert with each other are one of the last stands and one of our last hopes to, to keep some of these conservative patriotic ideas and um, values and laws in place. So, yeah, it's happening. And, yeah, there's more than one time I've said, yeah, I kind of wrote about that, but I didn't think it would come true. <laughs> well, you, you almost can't when you write something like that, right? Because mm -hmm. it, it, I think that would actually be like a huge weight if you're writing something like that and, and, it, and it does come true. But the fact of the matter is this is exactly what's happening. And I, I don't know, it, it encouraged me to see half of America say no more, knock it off. Yeah. We're securing the border. Absolutely. And and if you have an attorney general that's up for re-election or election, let this be the issue that is your guiding principle. 
Are you going to stand with these red states? Um, you know, they're, they're always the same ones. I know I, I'm in one of them, Montana, Arkansas, Texas, all of these super red states that stand together. I mean, ask yourself and ask you, those candidates, where would you side on that? Yeah, I think we need to ask every single candidate, where would you side on that? Get them on the record, 100%. We, we need to do that. And then, you know, mm -hmm. I think that a lot of Americans have shied away from asking these tough questions because people have been vilified. Be oh, it's rude to ask something like that. Wait, wait a minute. No, it's not. It, it's yeah. not rude to ask a question. I don't know where that came from, but these are hard questions that, that need answers, and we should be represented by people who are going to stand in the gap between us and those who want to destroy America. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, one of my a podcast, a radio show I listened to, Dan Bongino, nice, nicey, nice time is over. We're, it's, we need to start asking the hard questions. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about, okay, I just detailed, you know, China's economy is going down right now. Uh, the United States is, is right on the precipice of a, a significant downturn uh, precipitated by the commercial real estate market here and the regional banks who are over leveraged regarding commercial real estate. Um, you also have the, the prospect of war looming with China prospect of even, even dramatic civil unrest ramping up starting around May day. Uh, Glenn Tate actually wrote about that, which is interesting. Uh, this looks like, Hey, okay. All these things are happening. I feel like I'm kind of helpless. I don't know what to do. Actually, there are things that we can do, and you've written directly about that. So talk about that. So you absolutely hit on it. When you listen, and I was listening when I was waiting for it to be called on the show, all of these headlines and all of these things happening, and you're absolutely right. It's good to know these things, but my goodness, they make you feel helpless. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. So when the when whatever comes down my road, whenever an I mean, gosh, if you live in South Texas right now, your invasion is happening right in front of you. Um, how can you be prepared for that? I've always said this, that you are your first responder. You're the mm -hmm. one that will take care of you a thousand times. I mean, there's not even a number I can put on that. You will take care of you and your family far better than any government agency, any FEMA truck, anything like that. And, this, and I say that so that people feel empowered. Glenn and I finally, after, you know, we've had a tumultuous last few years, but we wanted to, we started writing this three years ago, Food Preps 2.0, which is basically your basic preps, your prepping. And, and you talk about that all the time on your show, you know, getting the, go, you know, getting your canned food and getting some stockpiles put away so that if things go really, really south, which seems more and more likely, you can take care of yourself way better than anyone else can. We take it to the next level, how to organize that and make it so that you really, you, there's no fear and how to organize your preps, how to find secondary food sources. We, we cover it all in one book it's, and it's good. I, I believe that, that with food and supply chains, just having that kind of resiliency is, is it's good at all times, but it, it's going to build the confidence to actually push back against some of this. Because if you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to have something to eat tomorrow, regardless of what happens, I, I'm going to be more confident to stand up and go, you know, what's going on right here in my community? That's wrong. We're going to stand together and say, 
we want a restoration of constitutional law and order. And that's a, that's a great point because, I mean, if you've ever studied collapses in other nations, what happens is, is that you're in a state, people, citizens are in a state of, oh my gosh, I, I need help. And they're having to make deals. They're having to negotiate. They're having to, um, give up their independence for help for the FEMA truck, for the whoever's bringing aid. And you end up, you end up getting yourself trafficked. You end up getting yourself hurt. You end up getting, making deals with your, you know, making deals with the devil that you don't want to make. When what you just said is, nope, I'm good. I can stand up and I have strength and power in that. And it's the best insurance policy against any of those sort of things. Absolutely. Yeah. It, so what should people be really thinking about? What, what should be their frame of, of, of thought here? How, how should they linearly approach this? Because sometimes, you know, you, you look at it, it's just so overwhelming to try to get started, but actually it's just a few simple steps right in a row. Absolutely. And, and it, it can be overwhelming, especially when you've like taken a trip to the store and bought a bunch of stuff and go, now, now what do I do? I've just opened a can of worms and I don't know what to do. I encourage people, especially in today's horizon, I guess, the, the marketplace that we have in front of us, put together and start with your family, put together a one-week food supply, a one-month food supply, and grow it from there so that you you get yourself up to a six-month food supply for you and your family. The reason why I say do it incrementally is because if you do the six month, unless you, you know, suddenly your money tree is growing faster than mine, it can be financially, and you can't do it financially. But start working on your getting a food supply, emergency supply, and it can be those freeze-dried food packs from Costco. It can be a case of, of, of canned food from a store. But get those pre-made, shelf-stable, six-month food supply for you and your family. And catalog it. We talk about this in Fruit Preps 2.0. Organize it and keep a catalog, keep an inventory of it. If you start there and let that be what you do for the next several months, you're good. And you're way further ahead of the average person that hasn't done any of those things. I agree. And I think there's more. We have, oh, yeah. so, so when we started doing this, we, we did, we actually did the Costco thing. We went down and bought, you know, some Costco freeze dry stuff. Just like, we're going to start here. And, you know, people have asked me since then, Hey, what, do you, what should you buy when you're buying freeze dried stuff? And I just said, listen, what, what would you need, you know, to have if a growing season was not there and, and it would generally be fruits and vegetables. So that's kind of where I, I personally started with the freeze dried stuff, right? But then I realized, you know, I don't want to be eating just that the whole time. So talk a little bit about that, Shelby. What, what should people then do to diversify their food stocks? Well, and that and that's where it gets, you need to, once you kind of got your brain wrapped around your six-month food supply, start, and we talk about this in depth in our book. So I'm going to hit on it really quickly. Start thinking about your dietary needs. Exactly. Protein's a big one. Protein and fat. And carbs. I know everyone goes, oh no, we can't do carbs right now. Sugars and all of that. But my goodness, if things are going really south, you're going to need your carbs. So start thinking about how you're going to find protein. Here where we live, I'm not kidding. There's a deer every hundred yards. <laughs> I grow chickens and eggs. I, you know, 
I have, I have a local rancher that I have a relationship with and start planning out how you can provide for that. You can also, here's a really simple one. You can also can meat. So if you find a really good deal at the store on say, like, here's a good example, even better example. Yesterday at my work, they were giving out, um, frozen one pound packs of meat that somebody had over had an overrun up you better believe i grab that and i'm going to can it so that i can free up freezer space so i can um, keep it so if you're finding good deals on meat in the store don't think that oh my gosh i just have to freeze that no you can can it you can dehydrate it you can freeze dry it so that they're um, last a lot longer than just a couple in your freezer so protein gets a little tricky there's Almost everything, with very few exceptions, can be preserved in some way and made shelf-stable. And so I think I got a little off there, but I hope that answered your question. It, it does. I want to talk about carbs real quick because I've heard this multiple times. I'm not going to eat carbs. I don't know. I don't know who's where this is exactly coming from, but here's what I know. When, okay. when I was working outside in the woods, I ate a ton. All, all three meals— every little bit of all three meals every day. And I ate a ton of carbs and I did not get fat because I was burning it all. And I don't think people understand that we're not going to be as sedentary in a situation like this. We're actually going to be moving more. So please kind of add to what I just started. Oh, absolutely. I think in current, what I call pristine conditions, when we, you know, we can go home and sit on the couch and flip on a microwave. Yeah, you got to watch your carbs. And especially, I think the older you get, then we start getting into diabetic issues. I totally, I totally get that. But you are absolutely right. Ask anyone who is, um, gosh, I think back, here's an even, here's a better example. And it's similar to yours. Back when I was much younger and I was backpacking, I was eating freeze-dried meals. Every meal, I was full of carbs. And I did not gain any weight because I'm hiking 20 some miles a day with a backpack on. So don't be afraid to prep some carbs and make them good carbs if you can. I'm thinking rice. I'm thinking some whole wheat flour. I mean, your carbs shouldn't be all sugar, but something that's a little bit of a complex carbohydrate that's easy to make with water. All of these things should be easy to make with water. And again, don't be afraid of carbs. Just know that as your activity level ramps up, you're your dietary needs are just going to flip on the uh, flip completely around just about. Yeah. So let's in spaghetti. That was one thing I love to do when I was doing long distance stuff and long distance running and, and hiking, uh, eating spaghetti and, and many people avoid spaghetti, but actually those complex carbohydrates, like you're saying, they actually give you energy over a period of time that you would need where you're exerting yourself for a period of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And I will say this. I used to be a long distance runner until a knee injury has kind of taken that out. It is amazing. You hear athletes talk about this, this carb loading thing. 24 hours before I would carb load. And it was amazing the energy level the next day when I'm running a half marathon or something like that. It is amazing. Now, I wouldn't do it permanently. I would never eat that many carbs in one day with my current lifestyle. But it is amazing. And I didn't get overweight from that because my body was burning it. So I want you to know that don't be afraid of carbs and don't be afraid of prepping them. That's the other, just don't be afraid of prepping them. You will need them and they are very shelf stable. That's the other nice thing, rice and, and pasta and things like that preserve really well over the course of time. So let's talk about what else people should be thinking about 
as, as they're prepping food stocks. So six-month food supply, protein, fat, and carbs. And what else should, you know, maybe people miss or, or maybe they could add to make life a little bit more, I don't know, tasteful. Oh, very good. I'm so glad you asked. So one thing that I've always said is that I think a kind of a food preps 1.0 thinking, and I've been there and I've, and I've been there because I was in the mode of getting shelf stable food, getting those Costco freeze dried food, buying canned foods. There's only so much you can, st I cannot put enough food in enough buildings and enough secret places to hold me for the rest of my life. At some point, and I would say once you hit that six to nine month food supply, you do need to start thinking about how can I get to sustainable food sources? For most people, we all learned it during COVID, that's gardening, that can be hunting, it can be fishing, it can be raising, like what I do, small animals um, for protein and food sources. You, you must start thinking that way. And we talk a lot about that in, in, Pre in Food Preps 2.0 about how to find those sustainable food sources because you're never gonna buy enough food from Costco to last you for the rest of your life. There's a sustainability juncture that you have to cross. I agree. Now, how about spices? <gasps> must. Oh my gosh. You must do those because nothing is worse tasting and, than plain rice. <laughs> and the thing about spices is they're so easy to come by anymore. They're so easy to grow. You can grow so many herbs and spices in your own garden and you can buy them super cheap and they're super shelf stable. You can't go wrong. Yeah, if you ever see any of them on sale, if you ever are in Walmart and you see those ones in the little bins that are like a buck, oh my gosh, great way to, to, to help things taste better when everything else around you is falling apart. So let's talk about how to store spices. I mean, what should people do? They, they, they see it on the discount rack, grab a few, what should they do with them? So when you buy those little jars, and we all know when you unscrew them, they have that little sealed thing. I wouldn't break that but that will eventually degrade, especially over a long period of time. I would, this is me. I mean, most of the things that we have like that in our food preps, we've put it through, we vacuum sealed with a food saver vacuum seal. There's a couple other brands out there now just to add another layer of, of security with that. And mo I would say most of your preps, keep them in a dark place. We keep all of ours in like the black tubs that you can buy at Costco that can hold quite a bit of weight and we inventory those tubs. So keeping them in a, in a hopefully somewhat of a temperature controlled place, in a dark place, sheds, back of garages, barns, extra bedrooms, and keep and just keep them away from heat, away from sunlight. Sunlight and, and heat definitely will degrade your food, yeah. So regarding supply chain stuff i want to go back to protein here for a second yeah. um you know i've advocated for a long time i know you have as well that, that people should get to know their local ranchers and farmers right how does that actually look though in you know a grid down situation or look in a you know civil unrest situation i don't know what that looks like in the united states and it's it's interesting the the ranchers that i've talked to after what we went through with COVID when we had all of those processing plants that kept going in, they kept shutting down because of COVID outbreaks. And there's several um, ranchers that I've talked to who are like, we barely made that. We did it, but we, 
we barely skirted a pretty major collapse there. And um, they're very proud of, if you talk to ranchers, especially processors, they'll tell you they're pretty proud of themselves and they should be for keeping things, keeping things going when it looked bad. So that being said, we, we came pretty close. I'm glad we didn't. I looked at other countries and what happens in a grid down in a collapse situation. I always talk about Venezuela. Right now, well, when the, that collapse happened back in 2010 or 2011, and it was pretty immediate, and I like using that example. I want to say this, because Venezuela, in the year 2000, just 10 years before their collapse, oh, Whoa. I can hear, there you go. I'm, yeah, I'm there goes the silent. How about that, huh? There <laughs> you go. Um, I mean, if you went to Venezuela, it was like going to New York. It was an opulent robust economy and they were oil dependent and then they collapsed when socialism came in and the socialists took over and so you had ranchers local ranchers that would wake up in the morning during that collapse and their cows were butchered in their fields because people came and ransacked them essentially i i hope we never get to that point but if you i always look to other countries that have had that sort of experience where suddenly people are so hungry, they are marauding and they are stealing. And they are, at least in Venezuela too, like the zoo animals were, were the zoos were overcome and people butchered zoo animals and because they're so hungry. I don't, God help us. I hope we never get to that point, but that's how bad it can get. And from what I can, what I've had conversations with ranchers and processors, we came close to being really, really bad during COVID. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how else to describe it, but that's what I've heard. You know, one of the things that I heard about in South Africa is during the civil unrest down there, uh, the locals actually had to escort the trucks from the farms into the cities so that the people would eat. And specifically churches did this. Churches would escort these trucks from the, the very remote areas all the way into town and then distribute it at the church so people actually had something to eat during that time because the communists uh, were, were creating such unrest on the streets in South Africa. So, Gosh, it we, sounds like a little bit of a storyline in my books. I, I know, doesn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so we've only got a couple minutes left. Where can people go to read more? Where can, where can they go to get the book? Awesome. I'm so glad you asked. So um, you can always find out everything that Glenn Tate and I do at prepping2-0.com. Right at the top of that page, there's a link right there that'll take you over to foodpreps2-0.com that has all the ordering. It has a table of contents there. It has everything you need to know about food preps and everything about prepping 2.0. Perfect. Shelby, thank you so much for joining me on Patriot Radio today. And We love you guys, and God bless, and tell Glenn I said hello. I will. Thank you so much. All right. Shelby Gallagher, Shelby Tate. I love it. A great state. And her new book, Food Preps 2.0, A Guide to the Food Element of Your Preparedness and Survival Plan. Just take a look at both of those books. They're incredible. And the fact that, that it was being played out in real time with what just happened with Texas last week is incredible. Um, I hope this prompted some thinking for you. Uh, things might not be easy, but it doesn't mean we have to suffer through it. We can actually plan now for what these Marxists are going to try over the summer. 
And be ready for it. And be ready for it. So thank your local farmer and rancher next time you see him for keeping food on the table. And just remember, at least one of my favorite sayings is, the West wasn't one on salad. It was one on beef. So I want to remind you that coming up here April 25th, we have General Michael Flynn and his documentary. And then the following two days, we're going to be doing training on human trafficking. We'll have more about that here uh, next week. Also, looks like we've got some... uh, a little bit of breaking news coming in as well. And I want to try to get that out here very quickly before we end the show. There's a lot happening in the Middle East right now, and I suspect that is going to continue overnight as retribution for the killing of these two leaders in Hezbollah. And I'm, I presume there's more Iranian proxies that have been hit as well. But uh, let's see. It looks like just coming in, President Joe Biden is set to address the nation at any moment. Doesn't really say why, but I suspect that there is going to be a broader war in the Middle East in the offing. And also, he might be addressing the southern border. We'll see here very shortly. This is Matt Shea. Thank you so much for joining me here on Patriot Radio. May God bless all of you. He is making this generation the greatest one. The awakening is here. Keep up the fight.